Welcome to Radio Curious. I'm Barry Vogel. Afghanistan has suffered enormous change in the recent years with severe restrictions on how people live and especially severe restrictions on the lives of women. Zoya's story, An Afghan Woman's Struggle for Freedom, was published in April of 2002 and written by a 23-year-old woman who uses the name Zoya, who was born in Afghanistan the year before the Russians invaded her country. Zoya, a member of Rawa, the Revolutionary Association of the Women of Afghanistan, tells the story of her childhood, her parents, and her parents' disappearance. She describes the wrath that first the Russians, then the Taliban, and then the Northern Alliance have brought to her country. Along with the suffering of her people and her sisters, she describes the hope and spirit carried in the hearts of the Afghan people. I spoke with Zoya by phone from New York City, where she was visiting to promote her book, Zoya's Story. Our conversation begins by Zoya telling us what it is like now in 2002 in Afghanistan. After the Taliban, um, unfortunately, uh, it was a positive step that they were removed from the power, but they were replaced by um, another fundamentalist called Northern Alliance. And after that, also people uh, feel so scared, and uh, they have a terrible fear of uh, these rulers because they had experience of their um, government in 92 till 96. So uh, still the women um, decide that they are allowed to uh, throw out their burqas, but uh, still they fear and they prefer to have burqas. And... Um, they cannot trust Northern Alliance uh, as they did uh, sign the agreement in the Bonn Conference. Can you tell us uh, what the burqa is and uh, what it represents? Um, burqa is uh, is a tool to suppress women, and um, they cannot show their identity, and uh, um, a way to insult them. Well, it's actually a garment that women are required to wear or were required to wear. Yeah, this is a piece of uh, clothes which cover you from head to to all of your body. And um, this is uh, so um, warm, especially in summer, and uh, so heavy, uh, which you cannot breathe well when you're wearing it. And um, you feel so... Mm, suffering under it. A burqa is uh, just uh, like a present uh, to put uh, women in that and uh, they deprived uh, to show their uh, face as a women, uh, to face the world as a women. And it is a kind of a sign of weakness. What are the policies now of the Northern Alliance towards the Afghan people and towards women in particular? Uh, 
the Northern Alliance are now talking about uh, democracy and uh, women's rights, but um, as I said before, that we cannot trust them. And um, why can't you trust them? Because, uh, as I said, that we have experience of their uh, rule from '92 to '96, and that old warlords are now in high position instead of uh, being a target of anyone's justice. Well, what did they do from 92 to 96 that uh, causes you to distrust them? Yeah, uh, at that time, um, uh, all the human rights organizations are aware and uh, they documented their crimes against especially our women, um, the raping, looting, a distraction and destitution they brought to our country, their reign of terror and horror, um, killing, tortures, and uh, terrorism. So they were the first to export terrorism to our country. So uh, in our point of view, they are criminals and traitors to our nation. And what they did was followed by the Taliban? Exactly. They were the first to start this tragedy, and then uh, they preached, and Taliban uh, practically uh, did all the things. So we can say that there's no such a big difference between them. Well, tell us um, what was going on in Afghanistan during the rule of the Taliban. Yeah, it's a positive point that at least the world know that what has happened during the Taliban time, um, despite the legal restrictions, which was, uh, for example, for women to not go outside the house, to um, to not uh, wear the makeup, to not wear um, shoes with heels, to not uh, be recognized as human or, uh, for example, for men to have a beard or uh, a lashing, beating in the public, execution, cutting of hands and feet, so uh, amputation, this kind of crimes which was illegal, despite that they did many crimes which the world are not aware about it, for example, raping or abduction of the girls and uh, forced women to prostitution, to beggary. So at least the world are aware about their crimes. But the, the, the negative point is that no one knows about the jihadi parties, the Northern Alliance, what they did to our people after the collapse of the um, puppet regime. Um, they came to power. Um, it was uh, from different ethnics, different fundamentalist parties. They're infighting, and as a result of them, just four years uh, of their um, uh, rule, uh, more than 50,000 people were killed, and um, hundreds of girls committed suicide because of their raping, uh, the destruction of our country, and uh, uh, the, the collapse of our economy, um, the first um, uh, restriction, practical restriction against our women, uh, that uh, the, the doors of school called at that time uh, the gateways to hell. And uh, so many... Um, Brutalities happened at that time and the violation of human rights. As a result of this, um, a group called Rawa was organized. You're part of that group now. 
Uh, can you tell us about what it is and the work that you do? Yeah, Rawa um, Revolutionary Association of the Women of Afghanistan um, was established in 1977, and its uh, main objective and goals are women's rights, democracy, um, secularism in our country. And um, Rawa strives to build a worldwide awareness about the situation through its um, demonstrations, publications, uh, website, um, and film and photographs. And uh, now also to educate uh, people, especially women, to open up their minds, uh, to encourage them for a struggle, to organize them to bring a fundamental change and to establish a real democracy in our country. What is the work that you personally do with Rawa? Um, yeah, I'm uh, working full-time with Rawa, and uh, uh, my specific um, work is uh, a mem to be a member of a foreign committee, but at the same time I'm working in uh, education projects and also political um, activities. Is your work as a member of the Foreign Committee a part of what you're doing in the United States now? Uh, yeah, but this time uh, my trip is uh, especially and specific on, on the book, uh, to publicize the book. Uh, but this is a part of uh, raw activity, I can say. Well, Zoya, I'd like to uh, have you tell us about your book and uh, what you describe in it. But first, I want to remind our listeners that this week we're talking with a 23-year-old woman from Afghanistan who goes by the name of Zoya. She uses that name to protect herself because of the things that she talks about. You're listening to Radio Curious. I'm Barry Vogel. Zoya, tell us a little bit about your book. Um yeah, in this book, um, um, I try to describe the uh, 23 years of our tragedy, which was forgotten by the world, and everyone was silent about that. And um, uh, to show that uh, from which kind of horrible um, uh, and uh, suffocating uh, situation we went uh, through that, and uh, um, the rule of the first, uh, it was, it's, as, as it said in the book, the tragedies from three directions, the Russian invaders, the uh, barbaric Taliban, and then uh, the criminal jihadis. So um, what was the situation of women at that time? And uh, uh, beside that, we, I wanted to show that uh, still in Afghanistan, everyone wants to live, everyone wants to have democracy and freedom. And uh, the uh, hope we have is still a hope for the future. And um, the organizations uh, like Rawa to describe that how they want to uh, to to. Uh, to burn this um, flame of hope uh, among uh, people and in the heart of our people. So that's all that we wanted to describe and expose the, the crimes which was committed and to expose the, uh, the and criticize also the foreign policy which was supported uh, the most um, uh, worst enemies of our people. So that's all that we tried to explain in this book. 
and uh, it's up to people to judge about the book that how it's successful or not. Well, you also talk a lot about your own childhood. Um, what was your childhood like? Yeah, um, my childhood uh, also was um, something um, which I born in the shadow of uh, torture, killing, blood, and terror. And I raised up under this shadow, and still I'm living under this shadow. So this was my childhood. Like thousands of other children of Afghanistan, I was uh, deprived of the, uh, the, the facilities, which, and also the entertainment and the enjoyment that a child needs um, during the childhood. So I grew up in that kind of situation, and uh, maybe this is the reason that today uh, I uh, want to struggle for for the other children in the future, that they should not uh, suffer such kind of problems that we faced. Can you tell us about your parents, your mother and father, and your grandmother? Uh, yeah, I love my parents, and I'm proud of both of them because uh, uh, their only sin was also nothing but just to want freedom in Afghanistan and fighting for that. And um, they were uh, in a very young age. Both of I lost both of them. First of all, I learned from them that uh, I should not be hopeless of this life and this injustice in our country, in our world. This was the, the big uh, uh, lesson that they uh, gave to me. And that's why uh, I have energy today to, to live and to struggle. Um, and uh, also the, the, the things that they taught to me today, I can see the results of that, um, that uh, how education is important. Um, how knowledge is important. Um, all, all of the things I taught from my parents. And your grandmother? Uh, the grandmother also taught me a lot, um, and uh, um, she was, uh, instead of, um, when I lost my parents, she was the second parent for me, and uh, she tried um, her best to... Um, to teach me the things that uh, my father and my mother advised her to teach me. So um, she was a very good teacher, uh, especially in a very hard moments in my life. She was with me. She gave me courage and um, courage to live. And uh, she's a great teacher for me in my whole life. What does she think about the work that you're doing and the travels that you uh, make? Yeah, she's proud of me, and she. But at the same time, she's worrying also about my life. Uh, but at the same time, uh, she knows that uh, um, the work that I'm doing is very important um, for all of the uh, for for my nation. And um, she's. Uh, that's why she accepted the risk that I. Um, have to go through uh, of being a member of Rawa and uh, struggling in such a fundamentalist, blighted country. Zoya, tell us how it is that you're called Zoya. Where did you get that name? 
um, it's also a, a name which is um, uh, some some people have in Afghanistan and also in Pakistan. It's a common name, uh, but um, as I mentioned in the book, that it is uh, I met with a Russian um, woman and uh, uh, she lost uh, her daughter. Um, which is called Zoya, and uh, then she advised me to, if I have this name in the future, because she knew that uh, we, because of security reasons in Rawa, have to change our names after some months or after a year. So um, after that, by chance, I I choose this name. Can you tell us what the reasons are that you have to change your name? Yeah, because first of all, that um, uh, we are living in a country and we are facing uh, authority which speak with the language of Ghan. And they only know this language. So belonging to such organization which exposes them, which is against them, and which is working in a, such a country for democracy, where democracy is forbidden and where uh, women is forbidden, so belonging to such organization and struggling in such a country with such a uncivilized and criminal enemies, uh, we are facing a serious security problems, and that's the reason that we have to take some precautions. How carefully is Rawa watched by uh, the government of Afghanistan? In which government? Well, the current government. Do they know who you are and what you're doing? Yeah, they know very well, and they are scared uh, of Rawa because of its uh, um, very strong stand for democracy and against fundamentalists. Um, and we have still problems to work openly inside Afghanistan uh, because of the uh, strong position of fundamentalists in, the, in this government, interim government. Um, but they are aware of Rawa and its work and everything. Your home now is primarily in an Afghanistan refugee camp in Pakistan. Tell us about what those refugee camps are like, and particularly the one where you work. Yeah, the refugee camps are uh, something... Uh, to live in a refugee camp is not something different to live in Afghanistan. Just and from security reasons, uh, it's better. But from the difficulties, like uh, in the health field, or um, there's no job, uh, there's no enough food, there's no work for people, or in the hot summer, it's so hard to uh, resist there. Or in the cold winter, uh, many children die there because of this um, um, problem. So. In the camp that I live also, um, we are facing the same situation, uh, but uh, we have to be there because we want to be close to our people to work. Now also uh, the um, uh, behavior of the government with the refugees is really concern all the Afghani people there. So there's many problems in refugee camps also. What is it like for you? Some days, like last week, you were in the refugee camp in Pakistan, and this week you're in a hotel in New York. What are those changes like? Yeah, there's a huge difference. Uh, there's 
mm, I can say that uh, this is two world um and uh, at, at one uh, side I'm happy to be here and especially to see our supporters and when I'm uh, when I see that in such a country in another um continent the people are still thinking about us uh, they have uh, they want to help us and they want to practically help us it gives us strength and energy but at the same time to see such a high buildings and um, very progressive country it make me also uh, suffer and uh, i feel pain because um i can uh, compare it to my country which is now um the fundamentalists pull uh, down my country to the dark ages and it is uh, similar to a graveyard or cemetery and um i cannot compare it even it's a very strange feeling. Zoya, where did you learn to speak English? I think I didn't learn still to speak English. <laughs> but um, uh, because of my work uh, with Rawa, it was necessary for me to speak English. Maybe not speak, just to um, understand or give my message to the people. And for that, um, I went to a course um, for three, four months with a teacher, and then I studied by myself. Um, and still I'm just trying to speak, but <laughs> it's not something I desire. Well, it certainly sounds good to me. No. <laughs> um, Thank I'd, you. I'd like you to tell us about a play that was put on by the children uh, at the refugee camp, the one that you described near the yeah. end of the book. It was a um, story about uh, Osama bin Laden and uh, uh, Taliban, and at the same time to show the uh, fear of people from Northern Alliance. And um, uh, it was uh, very interesting. Uh, it was the reason that they uh, made this um, uh, story was that a group of our supporters um, came from Italy and they uh, wanted to see our school and the school ch children wanted to show something and uh, it was very nice because uh, no one helped them and uh, they described very simply um, the whole situation that from one side the horror of the Taliban from other side the um, horror of uh, Al-Qaeda and uh, the terrorism that our children are suffering since two decades, and the Northern Alliance, that they are not better than them. So all of the things was described very in an interesting way. Was this play put together by the children themselves? Yeah, exactly. It was uh, just made by them, and they um, requested us that if they can show them and we uh, agree with them. So um, this was an interesting point and important that it was made by them. And uh, they put the beard and everything by themselves without any help. Um, they uh, they uh, find uh, clothes uh, to show, like Taliban, uh, dirty clothes. All of the things are uh, made by them. Zoya, in your book you say that long-distance adoption is much better than an adoption where the Afghan children would go to the West. Yeah. Can you explain why you say that? 
Yeah, I said that, that uh, because our country, our ruined country, our devastated country needs for energy, need for a generation to build it again. And uh, I, I don't agree, agree that if we send our children to the West countries to grow up, because um, as I said, that our country needs them to build it again, uh, to bring the same facilities to make it a development country, a progressive country, um, the same uh, country to, to be equal to this era of science and technology. We need the energy of these children. So uh, that's why um, I said that we accept this adoption, but not adoption to go there. Because if they come in the West, I'm sure if they um, study here, if they grow up here, maybe the majority of them don't want to go back, and maybe they don't understand how their country needs them. So this was the reason that I preferred to say that long-distance adoption is better than adoption. Tell us about your long-term plans. Do you still hope to be a doctor, a physician? Um, I hope, but uh, I'm not sure because um, you know that everyone has desire to become something. And I also, from very childhood, I had desire to become doctor or to become lawyer or um, to to be a judge or something. And um, hundreds of other uh, children in my age also they wanted to be. But the situation was happens something in uh, that uh, our desires. Uh, to be doctor and engineer or something. It was just uh, was like a daydream and never happened. Um, I hope in the future if the situation has changed and uh, the time allow me to study and there will be an opportunity, I will definitely try my best to study. But uh, if not, then I, and the situation is, uh, will be like this, I don't think I will be able, and I prefer to be in politics and to uh, to continue my struggle than my education. Well, Zoya, I want to thank you very much for joining us on Radio Curious. So and before we close, I'd like to ask you to tell us about an interesting book that you like. Um, the interesting book is... Um, there are many interesting books that I read, but uh, especially which one I remember now, is the speeches of Martin Luther King, and it's uh, because uh, it speaks about freedom and democracy, and it's similar to our situation. So um, this is a book which I remember, and uh, I like it so much. Well, Zoya, thank you very much for joining us thank on Radio Thank you so much Curious. for you also. Thank you. Zoya is the author of Zoya's Story, an Afghan woman's struggle for freedom. The book she recommends is The Collected Speeches of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. The website for the Revolutionary Association of the Women of Afghanistan is www.rawa.org. There are over 750 archives on our website, RadioCurious.org, and I'm honored to tell you that Radio Curious is now part of the collection at the Library of Congress. 
We appreciate your cards, ideas, and letters, and do enjoy hearing from you. The email is curious at radiocurious.org. The postal address is 700 West Smith Street, Ukiah, California, 95482. The phone is 707-621-5075. Ignacio Ayala is the assistant producer. I'm host and producer, Barry Vogel. Thank you for listening.